Welcome to Shit Face Sober, Jeff N. And I'm Kyle. And who do we got as our guest today? Well, my name is Bear. Bear. And uh, well, my Christian name. <laughs> nice. His is Eugene. Yeah, you look like a Eugene. Yeah? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I I don't know, man. When I was growing up, Eugene was like the... The sucker name, you know, like it was, it was Eugene. like only nerds and serial killers. Did you get picked killers. on because of that? No, no, somewhat. They, they had other ammunition other than my name, yeah. you know. I, I grew up in Miami and, you know, I wasn't, you know, I grew up in the, one of the poor sections of Miami. Grew up in Liberty City, 15th Avenue, 69th Terrace. Um, and uh, grew up poor. I was the only boy. Um, I have four sisters uh, that I grew up with in the, in the same household, my mother and my grandmother. So um, I, I had uh, already the stigma that I was going to be a sissy. Mm. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so um, all the, the guys in the, the neighborhood, they, they uh, try to help me. And my, my, my big sister, who's eight years older than me, she... Um, she had the job of of trying to um, make sure that I wasn't a a punk or a sissy. So what they used to do was affectionately whoop my ass as much as they could. <laughs> Damn, just getting your ass uh, yeah, beat yeah, by yeah, girls, yeah, man. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. like the opposite of making a man. Is yeah, like, it's like, you know, <laughs> toughen up, you know, yeah. you know, shake it off, you know. And then you go to get, school. You know, get fighting or whatever. And then if I start getting the best of her or whatever, she's like, okay, stop, stop, stop. I'm like, I'm, the light is green. I'm yeah. I'm ready to go. And then you go to school and start swinging on girls at school. You're like, you, this you is know, what I do. It sounds like a lose-lose situation. You're yeah. getting beat up and you're getting beat up by a girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, my sister was, um, she was tough, man. My big sister is tough. I How much sober time you got, Bear? I have um, nine years um, as of June 6, 2023. I've celebrated nine years of continuous, um, non-mind-altering uh, substances. Um, and I did it one day at a time by the grace of a God that I did not uh, think cared for me at all when I um, first decided to get uh, clean and sober. I um, I didn't know I was, well, I can't say I didn't know I was an alcoholic because I drank alcoholically from from the fir- first time that I got drunk. How old um, was that? How old were you? I was about you're... 13. And um, there was a, the guys next door had a little DJ crew. And my voice started changing at about 12, 13. And I would listen to what they would say and then I can say it back. I can mimic what they were doing. So, you know, Miami had a different DJing style. What they would do was they would it would literally almost like rewrite the the song. Okay. You know, so it's like they'll take the last word of certain sentences, certain certain um, stanzas in the song, and they'll they'll change it to fit, uh, or they'll say the sentence. So when they they would come up with clever stuff, and I would repeat it. And it was cool because you'll see this little kid come walking up there, and he's got this grown man ass voice on, <laughs> you know. And so people used to like that. And, but I've always had a love for for music, um, so that just fit right with me. And one night after they had a little jam, they passed me a a, a Schlitz malt liquor bull. Mm. It just sounds. That's it. It it's sounds a, like it hurts. It hurts, <laughs> bro. It tastes like hot garbage. I don't know how long that can, how long it been sitting there, but it was mine. And they, uh, they gave it to me and it was like, oh yeah, this yours. And I was like, okay, mm, no, 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 no. And I took that. You, you know that expanding foam, that that the, the insulation yeah, foam. Yeah, yeah, I do. That's what it felt like in my mouth. Like it just swore, and I just choked that down. I did about two or three of those. Yeah, because one wasn't I, enough. They, of course not. The first, <laughs> it was it was nasty. But they told me to say, uh, uh-uh, uh, go ahead, Kenny. By the time I finished that can, man, everything was right with the world. Uh, everything was right. I know with that the world. feeling. I know that feeling. And uh, I, I mean, I don't remember. Uh, anything after 
the can. Um, but we ended up going to like Pantry Pride and um, I was in there cussing people out and knocking over displays and, and all of that stuff. So when they told me about everything the next day, I thought that was like the coolest shit ever. And um, I didn't start drinking on a regular basis until um, my senior year in high school. And, um, but almost every time that I would, I would drink, I would black out. And oh, yeah. that, that, that should have gave me a, a hint that I, I had a problem, you know? I relate with that, man. Yeah. I know. I've only been drunk like a hundred times. I didn't drink that much because, I mean, drugs are just cheaper. They're more efficient. I can, I can dig in. Right? For 20 bucks, I'm, I can get fucked up on some drugs. But on booze, it's like it's expensive going out, yeah. you know? Yeah. But then trying to convince yourself that you're not an alcoholic, like it becomes difficult. Yeah. The first time I heard the word alcoholic pertaining to like um, an actual person, they were talk, they were talking about my grandmother. Oh wow! And um, my my mother and my father were never married or anything. They were childhood friends, and after graduation, they went their separate ways as people do, do when you graduate from high school. And they um just have happenstance. They they met again about ten years later, and um um hit it off again and became fast friends and even lovers at that point, I guess. And um, Who became lovers? My, my mom and my dad. Oh, okay. I thought you were yeah, talking about they, your grandma still. I'm like, damn, she no, got no, late. No, <laughs> but what? Yeah, it's, it's not that freaky, bro. It's not that freaky. I, I was like, grandma's out there alcoholic and then she's yeah, getting but dating. See, I my, my grandmother was uh, a little spitfire, bro. Really? Oh, yeah. She was only about, about 4, 11, Maybe five feet. Oh wow! But she was bad to the bone, brother. What'd she drink? Oh, she drank whatever she wanted to drink. Oh, I love that. Yes, yes, and um, whatever she wanted. My <laughs> when I was born, I was born. I had twelve fingers. Oh, oh wow! No shit, where was yeah. the where's the missing one? The I've missing, always wondered. What happened is that is they were so um, closed minded about things that the natural the, the normal procedure was to tie the the, the extra digit so it falls with, off. until it falls off. Yeah, it's like a tail. So they tied mo both of them, but the connection on the right hand was um, considerably less than the, the left hand. But when my grandma, my mother told my father, said, you need to invite your mother here to see this baby. And um, when I got, when she got there, she was first of all amazed that anybody invited her anywhere because at that point she was at her, you know, near her bottom. And um, my mother in, inviting her, and when she saw me and saw these 12 fingers, her husband, my grandfather, um, was where I inherited them from. So it skipped my father. But it got it hit me. Oh wow! Did he have all twelve or did no, he? No, he only it? had ten fingers. Damn it! Because yeah. I would be like, "That's cool today." Yeah. Like as yeah. an adult, you'd be like, "Dope! You can count to twelve, man!" Yeah. Like any any <laughs> any groups of twelve, I'm gonna be like, "That's the guy." Yeah, you know? but that that hitting and missing, you know, depending on who, like it it ran on both sides of my so family. So your kids' sons, your grandkids would have actually, twelve fingers. Actually, my 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 oldest daughter. Was twenty nine, she had them. Oh wow! So your daughter and had them. my son still has both of his extra fingers. So he has we his fingers. My daughters, okay, but they didn't remove my son's. That's cool. And then my son's son had both of them, but he lost one of them because of the connection was too, um, it wasn't substantial enough. But your son was t with six and six. He can use all six. Well, they they just. Oh, the they got it, got it. I was going to say. Have a when, nail and everything on it, so. But now you start flipping people off, and now it's not the yeah. middle finger. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to do one of these. Little, you know? little funny stuff like that I would do. But, but I, it, back, back, I'm sorry, back yeah. to my grandmother. When she saw these, this little baby with the fingers like her husband who had passed away, she took it as a sign and 
and she decided to get sober. Oh wow! Oh, and no she kidding. died sober. You're lying. Yeah, uh, yeah um, ninety, um, ninety three. She died. She AA sober or just straight? Uh, you know what? I don't know. Okay. But I, 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 I want to tell you that when we went to clean out her, her unit, that there was a book there that I want to say was a big book. Nice. So I don't know if that, that if, if that's how she got sober or not. So I don't want to, you know, put that out there like that. But I am, am grateful. That was the first time I heard the word alcoholic. The first time that I was physically around an alcoholic was my cousin Ronald. Being, being that I grew up asthmatic, I would miss school a lot. Okay. And I would be with my mother. My mother had to take me to the hospital and all of that stuff. But sometimes as we're riding, she I remember the first time she did it, she was like, oh, there's your cousin Ronald. And I'm looking like, who, where, where? And there was this guy laying in a abandoned storefront. And um, she pulled over and went over and got him. And um, she put me in the back seat with him to like just to like make sure he doesn't fall over and hurt himself or whatever. He smelled so bad. Oh my God, he smelled so bad. But he just sat there and he cried, you know? And all he would say was, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know? And I was like, I don't ever want to be no alcoholic, you know? Yeah. So, um, <coughs> excuse me. I, um, I would, I would have to um, go and get his clothes for him. And because being the only boy, my mom didn't want her girls being, you know, exposed to, you know, um, a, a wet drunk. Yeah. Because you never know what wet drunk is going to do. Yeah, freak out. You never know what a wet drunk is going to do. When did it change for you? When uh, what, About what age did you did you start recognizing that? You're like, okay, I got a problem. Um, I, I I never really had a problem with alcohol. What about drugs? You no, mean, no, yeah. no, no, no. I, um. I mean, I, I never, other people had a problem with me drinking, <laughs> but I didn't have a problem with me drinking. And that was their problem. And yeah, yeah. when did that start? <clears throat> Excuse me. I, um, that started, I would say, right out the gate. I probably did it before 21. Oh wow! Yeah, I I realized I had a problem. Matter of fact, 19. I had to have done it before twenty one because um, that's when I started going to jail. Okay. Uh, uh yeah, I went to jail when I was about twenty twenty one years yeah. old. What was the longest you went to jail for? Um, only about six months or so. Got it. You County know, just. I did not like. I'm gonna tell you what what broke me about jail. It wasn't fighting. It wasn't you know being told what to do and all of this stuff. They gave me a tray one time, and 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 it had two cookies on it. That's it. And you were like, "I'm done with for this." Des- no, for dessert was two cookies. <laughs> yeah. like, what, the, what the fuck am I doing these? Yeah, I don't. I don't give a kid two cookies. If I give a baby cookies, I'm gonna give one for each hand. I'm not a damn baby. Yeah. I was like, yo, the jail is not for me. So I made a pledge after I got, you know, that 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 first six months I had to do, I made a pledge like, look, I'm not messing with nothing that 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 probation can't cover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that good. was that was yeah. it for me. But um, yeah, I I um I I mean I would tell you, I started Hanging, I got a. My first job was at the Miami Herald, okay, in their gas station, and I would go across the street to this hotel called, well, it was a condominium called um, Plaza Venetia, and there was a place called Mike's in there, and I would sit there and I would go and hang out with all the big wigs and everything from the Miami Herald, and there were people there like the commissioner. Um, his name was Arthur Till back then. I met like so many different celebrities there. I'm like 18 years old, bro. The the the, the, the legal drinking age was like 21. And uh, this one guy went and told him that I was underage, but he didn't tell him how old I was. And I was tough. They when they confronted me, it was like I'm 20. And they let it slide. So they threw a big ass. 
party for me when I turned 21. Oh, God. Which was actually 19. That's funny. <laughs> That's tight. If you go to if you go to Mike's, there's probably still, like, the last time I went there was, by, like, in 2005. And there was still a, a stack of cups like for my free drinks. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> really? That many people were buying me drinks that night. I, I, I it was a stack of cups up there on the on the shelf still. Oh, man. Yeah. So um So yeah. you always been a big guy? How tall are you, Bear? I'm about six three. Okay. because yeah. um, I'm a big guy too. And yeah. just but like you're a fucking big guy. You know yeah, I mean? but you know, I'm this is my first time in about I would say about fifteen years that I'm under four hundred pounds. Oh no shit! Yeah. So you've always like been fucking stacked. Right? I was a tall, not I wasn't very tall when I was uh, a kid, but I was skinny. Got you. Very skinny, and uh, but I was I started putting on this thickness going on, you know, into high school. And uh, when I graduated, I was about 220. But no one wants to mess with you, which is great. Because then you sit there and drink. No one's kicking you out. You're good. It helps you get, you know, you get your lean on. And then it's just like, you know. Is that where Bear came from? Yeah. Actually, Bear came from the movie Armageddon. Mm. Oh, wow. Because I'm this big, sensitive guy. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they was like, that's just you. That's happening just like you, man. We can see you in leopard drawers. And I'm like, why are you imagining me in leopard drawers? Uh, that's <laughs> funny, dude. I actually, yeah. so like my wife and I put together some names for like kids that we want to, like if we have a boy, there's two names. One's Bear and the other's Atlas. That's oh, sort of, those are cool names. Right? Yeah, Bear is just good, like Bear Grylls too, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. No one's going to mess with a kid named Bear. Yeah. You know? That's, that's a cool name. Man. Yeah, so do kids mess with you when you're younger? You said you and your Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We had some, one of my, man, I would tell you, when I when I got sober um, and going to meetings and stuff and, you know, having to, to talk about um, clearing the wreckage of my past and, and different things like that, when they started talking about working a, a fourth step, you know, and, and doing that kind of stuff, if you're familiar with the 12-step programs, people that are, um, I didn't understand that it was to help me to learn to forgive people that I have, that had wronged me in, a, in any way that I perceived had wronged me. And um, to find out like what my part was. So it was like, you know, there was I, at one my worst year in school was my fourth grade year. We had these bullies in our class, and there was a, when I got to Facebook in 2010, I went and looked for like friends, you know, like you know we all did that looking for like elementary school friends. We remember junior high school friends. Almost every one of them that was in that same class as me, the first we'll sit there and chat back and forth for a couple of minutes. The next thing you know, you ever heard anything about those bullies? Oh wow! Everybody That's how knows. much they, they they fucking terrorized us. My fourth grade year, we had this teacher that was just like, I, I don't even know what he was doing, but I would. It was get so bad sometimes. I would. I have literally, like, just left school. There was Damn. one time I left school and went and got to, went to my cousin's house, who lived about maybe about seven or eight blocks from the school. And um, I didn't even, I just knocked on the door. She opened the door and I went in. I went straight to the kitchen and grabbed like the biggest knife she had. Oh, and I was, I was ready to go back to the school and let ladies catch the waist, yo. <laughs> what happened to them? Are they, are they still around? I don't, I don't know. Oh, wow. I don't know. See, I love those stories. Everybody that was an asshole to me in high school today, like now they work at Jiffy Lube or they like they really just, you know. Excuse me. They're not a bully anymore. <laughs> Excuse me. Pretty much, like. Sorry about that, man. Those guys probably didn't fare too well because they don't. Those guys don't go very far. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, the, there was two that were like really bad ringleaders, you know, and um, one of me and we were cool. We were cool as long as he wasn't around the other ones, you know. So. So yeah, that's the, yeah. the fourth grade bully, the ringleader. Um. <coughs> so me. bear. When you were uh, when you realized that you had a problem, 
you know, did was mm-hmm. this your first time getting sober, nine years? Or did you go to meet? Have you ever gone to meetings no, before this? No, I never. You know, here's the deal. I went to, um, when I got arrested back in um, 1990, um, 1991, the, um, I got arrested three days apart, back to back. Oh, wow. And um, they were ready to send me up the road. And uh, somebody had told me about drug court. Okay. And, you know, and it started in Miami with a guy named Stanley Goldstein. And um, I want to thank him for saving my life back then. But um, that was the first time that I, well, I, I didn't even get uh, clean and sober, really, because I figured out how to use and stay clean enough to pass my drug test. I think everybody. Oh yeah, you're an alcoholic. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't figure it out. Like actually, Einstein, I fucking came up with a way to stay clean in my pee, but stay high in my brain. You know, it was. was, I had to have three, three drug tests, but they couldn't be like consecutive days. So, I would go Monday, Tuesday, and then Thursday. And then I can get high on Thursday. Yeah, because you're good till Monday. And then clean myself out over the weekend. Right. Yeah. But then I they started getting to the point to where it would be like I'll get high on Thursday and Friday. Oh, and now yeah. I'm sitting there drinking pickle juice and, and cranberry juice and everything trying to flush uh, the stuff out. That's fucked up. And, and that. but you know, well, finally, they, um they will send you to TGK for for detox, Turner Guilford Night. Um, detention facility, and um, which was like a big deal back then. It was like one of the newest jails and everything. And um, d- the last time I went to, to that detox, it was, I had just got my um, income tax, mm-hmm. and I was balling out of control. I had like eight hundred dollars. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is this like- is cool. I'm getting high for oh, yeah. two days. I'm really high. I went to court and they used to put my ass in jail. How long? This was the that, six that months? Was the, the two, no, that was the two months. I oh, had to do six shit. months already. That's when I did the six months is when I um, excuse me, when I went to um uh the um when I got out is how I, I went to the drug court. Oh got it. So, oh, so they let you out drug court and then you relapsed and then yes. you end up going for two months. I got you. Well I, I can't call it a relapse because I, I really never Stopped. Stop. I was yeah. just out for a couple of days, and, and you know. So how long until you got to meetings? When you landed, and you're like, "I'm gonna go to meetings." But I, I got, um, I lost my mom in 2005. Okay. I lost a son in 2008, Shit. and I lost my dad in 2010. And I drank and drugged through it all. Um. And um, from 2005 to 2014, unless I was trying to like secure a job or something like that or um, keep from getting thrown out of the house or something like that, you know, I would go um, a few months without using. And um, I I didn't, I couldn't see that I needed to just Going, you know, I needed more than just saying I need to go and get help. Yeah, I needed more than that. I needed to know that, you know, even if I see it working for you, I need to know it could work for me. You know, so um, every holiday, every birthday, every all of these different things, I would get absolutely shit faced drunk and high as I could possibly get. And I was mourning, you know? So I could do that with impunity. Nobody's going to mess with a guy while he's mourning, right? It's an excuse. So I got arrested on May 10th, 2014, which was Mother's Day Eve. I was already getting in my my bag. And when I, I, um, I woke up, well, I came to, um, Mother's Day morning, um, and I, I had nobody to come and bail me out of jail. 
nobody would come and bail me out of jail. And I was like, damn, look at this. This is my life, you know? And um, I started indulging in one of my, my first drugs of choice, which is um, self-pity. Mm. Oh, isn't it wonderful? That's a good I one. I love self-pity. Oh, it's <laughs> just so... Mm, warm and squishy. I was just having that <laughs> drug this morning. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's a it's a great one, man. Until people call you out on it, but that's that's another yeah. story right there. Wow. But um, I was sitting there and um, and uh, the next day, which was about the twelve, um, they came around and was like, "We got a meeting coming in. Anybody want to go?" And I was like, "Ooh, yeah, I'll go to this meeting." They're gonna probably tell me like how I messed up my life and all of this good shit. Make me feel real good, you know? Yeah. So I went to that meeting and the guy didn't do that. He didn't, he he told me, you know, he told the, the group what, you know, what he did. He told us how he drank, how he used, how he womanized and gambled. And I was like, this guy? He did that. And now he's sitting here talking about how. He took um, responsibility for his actions, and that like that really messed me up because I had never really seen anybody do that. Like you know what I'm saying? I might see see you messed up one day and then come back in another six months and you better. And I don't know exactly what happened, but I've never heard someone say I took I took responsibility for my actions. And I started doing the work, and, and you know, and I was like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" So, um, I was like, "You know what? I think I want that." So, after that meeting, I went up, um, went back to my cell, and you know, uh, said, "Man, try this whole praying thing again, man. See how it works out for me." Next thing you know, a guy came in, told me, said, "Man." You don't have nobody to bail you out. My girl is signed for you if you give us a couple, you know, give us a few dollars. And I was like, I got you. And I was like, yeah, there we go. God coming through for me finally, you yeah. know. <laughs> no, idiot. I got to the, um, got out of there, got to my old job. Child support had and caught up with me, took half of my check. I had a re instant resentment. I went and paid who I needed to pay as far as my bail went, and I went and got drunk and high for the next couple of weeks until I couldn't do anymore, you know? And um, I got to the point to where, where I just I didn't want to live anymore. Mm, I know you that know? feeling. I know I was that at, feeling. I was at that place. How know? old were you? I was um, 44. 44. 44 years old and um, I decided what I was going to do is I'll just go ahead and um, last little money I had I was just going to get as high as I could and go and rob the kangaroo and let him shoot me mm. what's the kangaroo gas station that was the, gas the circle station. K um, that was the Circle K before it was Circle K. Should have gone like full armored truck. You know, what I mean, maybe you got a chance to get away. You know? No, I, I didn't want to get away. <laughs> oh, bro. got it. You were just I was one, done. one way mission. I was done. I was done. And um, I'm I'm glad that uh, my brother, um, my brother Will, told me say, man, you need to pray. I don't never hear you talk about praying anymore. You need to pray about that. And I was like, you don't tell me to pray. I'm the one that that spent all the years Jehovah's Witness and stuff. You don't you don't tell me to pray, you know. But I did, and something told me to find a meeting. And I walked my fat ass from <laughs> from Whispering Pines down to the Serenity Club, mm. and there was some uh, funny looking people on the porch, but they looked like they were having a good time. Everybody was laughing and smoking and it was like hey man you you look hot out there man come on and get something cool to drink and um i i can't walked in there and there was a sign that says you're you're not alone anymore yep i know that sign you're not alone anymore that was the first 
thing I saw when I walked into the club. And um, I, I, just, I couldn't stop the tears from rolling down my face. I was like, man, how the fuck did they know how I was feeling? Because I felt like I had, I had nobody, you know, but I had pushed everybody away. Yeah. You know, and it's not, I hate to hear people saying, like, my family just abandoned me and all of this. My my family stood by me through through all of this, but they had to learn to. Uh, they have a term that they use called "detached with love." Yeah, you know, they had to do that. That's what they detached with love, and they did that to me because they had to protect themselves from me. I had to rob them not of any. You know, I'm, one of my sisters, I used to take her change and stuff like that, and, you know, or if she had like a few dollars in her apron or whatever, I would take that. And I um, I lived with her for a little while. And, um, she's the one that I put it put through the most. My sister Tisha, and um, and at one point, my my me and my youngest daughter were living with her. And in a blackout, excuse me, in a blackout, I left some um, some cocaine sitting on top of the television. Mm. And um, damn near tore my car up looking for that shit too, man. That's funny. I, 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 I almost took the seats out it's of that It's on the death. fucking TV. I hate that <laughs> Boy, that guy used to make me so mad when I... When I would lose shit, but you know what? It'll be so you'd be so happy when you find that shit. You know, sometimes you find extra shit. Yeah, (laughs) but I don't remember having this. Yeah. yeah. So what is it like today? What's your life like today? Nine years clean and sober, bro. Hey, let me ask you a question before you tell me what it's like today. What do you think about people that say they're they're sober but they're smoking weed? Now, you know what? I'm gonna tell you like this. I had no clue that I was, I didn't know what I was. And I didn't know how I was going to get help for it. And um, if I had any other chance, I probably would have took it. Now, when it comes down to working a program, a 12-step program especially, I've been masking and, 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 and altering my feelings all my life, whatever I could, you know? So if it comes down to, you know, if me and you have a problem, instead of, like, I could sit down and be like, Jeff, you know, you know, he ate my lunch out of the refrigerator and I was hungry and he he didn't care. And, And then, you know, what it affected, it affected my security and affected my pride. And then what was my my part I played in it is I should have secured my lunch better. Yeah. You know? Even though I was an asshole. Either I'm going to do that, I have a choice between doing that or rolling a blunt. I'm going to smoke the blunt. Yeah, the shortcut. I'm not going to do the work that it takes for me to re- actually recover to the extent that I, w- I want to be recovered. I don't want to have to go through getting sober and clean again. Yeah. I'd rather just stay sober and clean. And and as as um you know, I don't judge anybody for for their journey. Right. You know, some if you look at if you look at trees, certain trees, you got certain trees that just go straight up, no branches, just and then they have, you know, but then you got some trees that you got shit just coming all up. You can't, it's not, it's still a tree. Yeah. And it still has a purpose. So no matter what somebody's road is, um, I, I, I believe they have that right to, to their journey. Um, if someone wants me to sponsor them and um, they're still smoking, I explain to that, I explain them, you know, 
you're shortchanging yourself. Give yourself at least a year to work a, a good, clean, solid program. And if you don't like it after that, shit, do whatever you want to. Yeah. That's a good deal. You know, it's you like can it, smoke your damn kneecaps off. Well, I like that. <laughs> I mean, if you like, I don't. If somebody doesn't really have a problem, like smoke all the weed you want. I think weed actually helps people. Like I do. I really think there's medicinal I mean, problems. It helped me. Yeah, but if you have a problem and you don't know how to, you don't have the coping skills to deal with anxiety or stress or fucking conflict, and you turn to the shortcut every time rather than dealing with life and going mm -hmm. through normal life feelings mm -hmm. right i feel like most addicts and alcoholics we're pussies we don't want to deal with life's feelings we don't like being grown-ups you well, know you, you know here, here the, the um i read in a in a book that alcoholics are undisciplined yes we are undisciplined and one of the things that i had to learn to do is first take the negative connotation off of discipline and that was hard for me because i grew up getting my ass whooped you know and i'm talking about belt shoe extension cord whatever it was to try to keep me in line you know um so discipline was not a word i wanted to hear but um when i started understanding there's more to discipline than that proverbial rod that they, they talk about. Disciplining is when you see an athlete out there practicing. When yeah. you see um, the, tenor play, the tennis player practicing that serve. So when they get into those, those matches, you know, it's natural for them to have that reaction. Even fighters, they practice those moves over and over. So that it's, so that they can be ready. So my my disciplining and my practicing helps me for when I'm in situations that are uncomfortable, mm. and and that goes from being in. You know, I I perform with a band sometimes now, and or any bands around here that'll let me get on stage, and a lot of times I'm sit, I'm in bars, you know. And a lot of people ask, like, that doesn't trigger you? I'd be like, you damn right it triggers me, you know? Especially when there's some, uh, a beautiful girl who's like three sheets to the wind already talking about some by her shot. I'm like, nah, that's okay, I'm good, mama. You're disciplined. You know? <laughs> I, um, um, but I, I've been taught different things to like, um, I can go wherever I I can go wherever I want if I'm there for the right motives, and if I'm spiritually fit. Yeah, I can go anywhere I want. Um, I have um my look my cup. I take this cup every every performance I go to. I got this cup, and when I'm not on stage or, or performing or whatever, I'm sitting there with this cup in my hand. Because people are less likely to try to put something in my hand. Mm, that's disappointing. Um, when, um, or they want to buy me a drink or whatever. And, you know, sometimes they're cool with it. Or, oh, you don't drink. That's that's cool. Um, but sometimes they're like, oh, come on, man. Don't be a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about being a pussy. I tell you what. Why don't you give me the cash for the drink? Yeah, yeah. There they, you go. They, 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 usually they walk off and leave me alone. After that, <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, that's that, a good point. So, that's a good answer. But um, I had to get to the um. I had to learn to to pray for willingness. I had to learn to pray for willingness, because if I had to do something begrudgingly. You know, like you'll hear people say, I don't care if you want to do it or not, do it. Trust the process. Right. I'm only going to trust the process so many times. And after that, I'm going to be like, fuck this. I don't like doing it. I'm not going to do it. So I had to start learning how to pray for the willingness to do things and 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 um, not, not get that. 
immediate rush or immediate you know result. What I'm just I do. Taking that's discipline and trust and faith. Yeah, and yeah. you get that from like a sponsor. Like my, I, you do this is perfect because I feel that same feeling mm-hmm. when I met my sponsor and I was like, he has what I want. I finally believe that it could work for me too. And so I'm just gonna mm-hmm. do what this guy tells me to do because I got nothing better to do. Yeah. Every other direction I have is gonna fuck my life up worse. Yeah. <laughs> I had a, um, a guy when I've, when I've, when I've, got, I still gravitate to the old timers. I still gravitate to the old timers. Um, when I first got got here, they would sit and they would say some of the coolest shit. Like if you don't take the first drink, you won't get drunk. Yeah. Now it's like I can drink more than one. Like no, you can't. They say this. It, just understand, it's not the caboose that gets you; it's the engine. It's like what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> and then after I sit there and think about it, it'd be like the caboose. Ah, <laughs> it's the engine that messes me up. Not oh, okay. So yeah, my yeah. favorite one is uh, if uh, all you have to do is not drink before and after a meeting and make yeah. it to a meeting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was always my favorite. One. I'm like, okay, I can do that. I can do that. It's so simple. <laughs> like we had a person on the meeting last night talking about how how can they go out to bars and stuff and stay sober. I got sober yeah. at 23, mm-hmm. so I spent a lot of time in bars. Like you're right, motives, right? I was just young, trying to go meet chicks and like you know just mm-hmm. trying to have a good time yeah. with my friends. But like you said, I always had something in my hand, a water, energy drink or something. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was, I, I thought, well, I first um, heard that um, I could use a fellowship as a substitute for drinking. Mm-hmm. And um, whenever I was having any kind of issues or whatever, I'll come and share about it. And um, I, I started, if when I, fir- when I first got sober, I would sit there like, you know, trying to, well, pretty much I was almost writing uh, um, something to share, you know? But um, eventually things started getting to where it was to, to the point where we, it's so painful that I stopped caring about what I sounded like. I was just like, okay, I need to get this shit out of me and and let them tell me how to fix it. And um I was about I would say about a year in, maybe a year and a half in, and I started complaining about being bored. I'll go in a meeting and complain about being bored. And um one of the old timers said, <laughs> A old timer said, "If you're bored in recovery, you're just boring." Mm. Mm. <laughs> just like that. That straight up. Yeah. I was like, "Who the fuck he think he talking to?" <laughs> yeah. I'll go and kick his false leg off. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, early recovery is boring. Yeah. It was true. You got to learn how to have fun sober and be a different person. My buddy, he passed away in um. January, God bless his soul, uh, Greg. Greg said, man, what's the problem? What are you talking about? You bored. I say, man, I ain't going to never get to go into karaoke again. He said, man, I go karaoke almost every week. I was like, are you serious? I said, yeah. So I said, well, I'm, how do I, how I get to do that? He said, you want to go? I'll take you. I was like, okay. So he took me doing karaoke and took me to the VFW on a Sunday. <laughs> and it was awesome, bro. It was so awesome. And uh I I I can't thank him enough for for um for doing that for me, you know. Um building that 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 fellowship. Yeah, that's big. Uh, that is one of the um I'm so grateful that I took a time, took the time to go to so many meetings, right, and to to not hold back on sharing about where I was at, exactly where I was at. If I was feeling um, 
good and proud about what I was doing or whatever. And I would go in, I would brag about whatever I was doing. And, you know, I was it, that taught me the shares after what I had to say would um would teach me to give my higher power the glory on that, you know? Mm. If somebody, and I learned, you know, um, <laughs> to be humble, you know, trying to, to learning. I thought being humble was like not taking credit for stuff and, and all of that, you know? And um, that's not what being humble is all about. And I had to, to, to ask and find out, well, what, how do I, you know, practice humility? And um, I was told by, by an old timer, says, um, somebody compliments you. But who, who do you owe the credit? To whom do you owe the credit? You know, and that 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 made me have to think about. So if somebody say they like a song that I sang, or um, they like my clothes, or whatever it is, you know, even though I'm I got up and I dressed myself this morning, you know, I did it because I'm sober by the grace of God. You know, right? Like I guarantee you. Everything I got on right now, I bought while I was sober. Yeah. But if I was if I was using, I ain't trying to spend seventy five dollars on a pair of shoes when I can go and get me a sixteen. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that's just the way that 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 it is. I I am so grateful. I'm so grateful to have the freedom that I have today, from just life's bullshit you know and it's not um that i'm immune to any of it it's that i feel like i'm in a utopia yeah you know like not, not like not like my life is perfect but my my idea of a utopia is a place that there's a solution for every problem and I can honestly tell you today, so far, thank God, there's a solution for every problem that comes my way. And I'm grateful for that. Because, and it's, it's, it even lets me know how, where I'm at on my spiritual being. Because if I'm, if I'm looking at things, you'll hear people say stuff like, either I drink or I, I'm gonna die. They only have two choices right there, you know? I have been at that point where I only had those two choices. And when I turn and I I tell people my my God lives in the pause. When I can stop and pause and ask for help, I start seeing more and more options of things that I can do, Yeah, you know? So... I um I just try to to remember that I'm not the guy that's in charge of all of this. That there's a bigger plan at work, and um, you know I, I don't believe that you know <clears throat> that there's a some old guy up there just moving <laughs> chess pieces around and all of that stuff. But I believe that deep down inside of all of us, we have this God consciousness. And mm. when we align ourselves properly with him, we get to feel and, and be guided by it. You know, oh, I, and, I, I agree with that. Yeah. All, everything you just said was awesome. Yeah. And when I think of God, I don't think of like an old guy. I think of like, he's got to be Asian because he's got to be doing a lot of shit at the same time. But even with that, I had to <laughs> think like, if he can see everything everywhere at all times, then he has to be some kind of a weird, encapsulating right. 
something or the other. Like Korean. I'm just fucking around. It's humans. True. Yeah. We, we Think about we, it. We look at a ball, we're going to have blind spots. How are we going to see it? Yeah. So we have to be all the way around. That's too That's much true. for me. I'm sorry. I totally. Know. I agree with that. I just like to say, okay, he's a part of all of us. But I love what you said about the utopia and just like my life isn't perfect today, but what's great is that I have a, I have a solution for every imperfection. Every problem. I that makes me feel so much comfortable because sometimes some of the problems feel so surmountable. Like I'm not going to be able to get through this one or this is something that's going to really wipe me out and oh. I don't have the energy in me. Yeah. And then you just have to ask God, your higher power, whatever you call it, for that power, right? Like it's in you. Yeah, I totally believe that you don't get you don't get dealt cards that you're not supposed to play, mm -hmm. right? And so you just got to dig. And honestly, everything you just said right now fucking inspired me, man. Yeah, thank you. Man. I'm fucking jacked up. Thank you. I drove in today and I was about to just go start swinging, and <laughs> and then now I feel like okay, cool. I don't need to pick up the fucking. I don't need to do that. You no. know, no, right? It's just that it's you know, and, and um, like I. As long as I'm willing to, my perception just keeps changing and growing and um, different things. Like, I have a new per perception of perfection, you know? Like, you know, people talk about the only, only perfect person was Jesus and all of this stuff, you know? And, you know, I'm not a Jesus freak or whatever. Yeah. But that's okay. I could be called a Jesus freak. That's all. I'm, I would love that. I've been called a cokehead before. Uh, <laughs> Jesus freak sounds a lot. Jesus freaks looks a lot better on a resume than cokehead. Yeah, you know true. what I'm saying. I got. I can live with that. But if you, and, and just, just let's just say, just for the fuck of it, that the Bible was written by some dude. So it's just this one guy who wrote a Bible with all of these different stories in it. If you read the story of Jesus being perfect, he was a perfect little kid. But you ever heard of a perfect little kid? I would think like a perfect little kid would do like the like he would Take shit and just right. do the Mona Lisa on the wall. He's just a he's just a kid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. He's just a kid. Yeah. <laughs> and it's evident if you read the Bible. He like it's sometimes you can you can like when he was he was um he turned the water into wine. He didn't say yes, ma'am. When his mom came to him, she says, um, you know, we ran out of of wine for the wedding, and he being a what he was about ten at that time. <laughs> Preteen, he says, woman, what problem of that is mine? Damn. What? <laughs> but you can hear. My mom would fuck little, me up. <laughs> but, but can't you, can't you hear a, a, a little, you know, yeah. preteen yeah, yeah. coming off like that? My right. mom would smack the shit out of me if I said, yeah. woman, what problem of that is mine? <laughs> yeah, but you, your mom, no, your mom. Knows that you're just a kid. No, yeah, but yeah. she also knows who your daddy is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like she just woke up pregnant one damn yeah, yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. That's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. So and then like when he he had um there's another one where he went in and um they was they were selling sacrificial animals in the temple. You heard about the temple? No. Oh man, one of the greatest stories in the Bible is when Jesus lost his shit in the temple, yo. He, just he, he lost it. He cleared the temple. A one-man wrecking crew. He went in there, what are you doing to my father's house? And he started laying people to wait. Now, the way that they have it written in the Bible is like he just went in and was like, you know, he was, they said he was flipping tables and all of this stuff. And I had to stop and think about, can you imagine the perfect ass whooping? That's it right Ooh. there. <laughs> can you imagine wait can you imagine the perfect cussing like if he cursed somebody out because he lost his shit i was i man, i'm pretty sure people were running around there with with blood coming out of their ears and you know what i'm saying and or or like 
like John Jones is like one of my favorite MMA fighters. But I believe Jesus would whoop John's John Jones' uh, yeah. ass. What about Bill W? You think Bill W and Jesus Bill w. gets down? God bless his soul. <laughs> and I'm so grateful for um, the work that he was able to do because with the, without it, I wouldn't be sober now. Honestly, think about all the lives, like literally but hundreds of millions. He was a millions. bum. Yeah, for sure. He was a bum. But 100, 100 plus million people's lives have changed because not only you, but your family, your sister, your everybody. My, that's another one. Another book. Let's just say that Bill Wilson had this great idea to write this book. And he just, you know, went to a hotel somewhere and he sat there and he wrote this book. Or he he pulled a Paul Sheldon and, and ran up into a Annie Wilkes somewhere up in the mountains and she kept him there writing this damn book. You know, hobbled him or whatever. I don't know. But imagine that he wrote this book by himself and all of it is bullshit yeah just imagine you know like uh, there's no fred or there's no you know anybody all of these people are gone we don't we can't authenticate this right but imagine it's still working i can't deny that it's still working even if I want to say, you know, if I want to discredit Bill by saying it's not an authentic book, yeah, I can't take away the fact that all of these people have been helped by, including me, all three of us. Yeah. Right? The only reason we're here, not in jail. I like that point. Things up. The point that you made, you know, and and it not only helped me, it's helped me gain relationships back with my parents, and then Absolutely. it's also helped my my friends and family, and it's still helping. Yeah, you know that's incredible. I didn't really think of it that way. You know, you, I think of it as you know, it's helping millions of people in the last hundred years. But mm -hmm. the effects that it's had on those other people that are and bystanders. Only you know? an addict or an active alcoholic will argue against something with so much evidence. Being right. Like, oh my God, look at all these hundred million people that have been changed by this, and they're like, nope, not work for it. Won't work for me. Yeah. But <laughs> it, the, you know, the thing that that's that, true that really gets me is is that I can't deny that it works. Yeah. That's what it's the only thing that I works. I can't deny that it works. And I'm telling you that it works because it's working for me. And I couldn't go there was a time when I tried to go 3 hours without drinking. My daughter when she was in kindergarten, my youngest daughter, Metalicia she was in kindergarten and it, me and her mom had just broken up and I was so worried about this kid that uh, I started volunteering at the school with her. And one day after the school, we saw this sign that said, Drama Kids. And she was like, what's that, Daddy? I was like, I don't know. She said, can I go see? Because she could hear like other little kids in this classroom having a good time or whatever. I said, yeah, go and see. So we went over there and they were being trees all these kids in there there was the teacher had them being trees and say we're going to start off as seeds and now you're going to grow into a plant and you're getting taller and tall oh, long story class is like 80 dollars a month and they only met like every wednesday for like an hour i was like mm. $80, that's a lot of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, you can't do this little class. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I'm just, you just, this is not going to happen. I can't afford it. And she says, can I go and talk to the teacher? And I was like, go right on ahead, you know. Whatever. She went in there. She came back and had a scholarship, bro. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. She said, yeah, we just want her in the class. Hustler. You don't have to put... Yeah. <laughs> Hustler. Spat to the bone. So she did this, and they would... They, what happened was they were practicing the play, the ants and the grasshoppers, and um, she learned every line of that play. And when it was time for them to put on that play, I got off of work at 4 o'clock, and the play was at 7. And... She asked me just, Dad, will you not drink 
that day. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no problem, you know. And on my way from work, I stopped and grabbed two tall boys. And I drank them before the um before the play. And I didn't get in there and act a fool. I didn't fall over any chairs or anything like that. Or that's my baby. <laughs> you know, I had none of that shit. I went and I sat and I listened and I was amazed and it was so beautiful to see these kids and having them a good time and my baby up there, a nurse aunt, and she had her little lines. And after everything was over, when she came down and she hugged her mom and her sister or whatever, and, and then she came over to me and was so happy to see me and she gave me this big old hug and it pulled back. Mm. And when she pulled back, she looked me in the eyes and I'll never forget that look, bro. She looked at me like, you sorry motherfucker. The mm. one thing I asked you to not do, wow. you did it. And I say, man, I can't go three hours, even with the most, the most inspiration I need. My, my baby girl, I couldn't do it for her. Yeah. So I, for me to be able to be here right now with nine years, that's nothing but, but um, Mir miracle. Something greater nothing, than yourself. Nothing shorter than a miracle, bro. Yeah, yeah. Something greater than yourself. Nothing shorter than a miracle, you know. And I, I can't, I can't give, you know. I, I'm, I like I said, I don't, I don't corner the the market on, on God or anything like that. But I can't help but to tell you that my God is a wonderful God. If um mm -hmm. if if you had a pitch for somebody that's out there struggling right now, mm -hmm. you know that was where you're at, or if you, I know you've seen a lot of people come in and out of these rooms, uh -huh. and you had to give them a, a one to two minute pitch on what works, what would you say to them? This Look at that camera right there. We and end just, every and, yeah. show like this. This is how we end every show. You got to pitch someone on getting sober if they're struggling or they don't got the courage. Yeah, keep coming back. That's it. Give yourself a chance to recover and keep coming back. Maybe you'll hear something that you need to hear and be willing to, to take a chance on, on yourself. Because um, that's what I did, and, and it, I, I can't tell you how much. Um, and one of the biggest words that I, I've had to include in my, my vocabulary is maybe. You know, mm. maybe it will work. You know, maybe I can get better. You know, and and it comes from a a place of of hope and and that that that's that's it. I get a, a just a, and everything you need to recover is in you already. You don't have to go and pay $60,000 anywhere. You don't have to go in uh, uh, nothing. There's nothing I had to do other than be willing to do it. Mm. As long as I was quitting, I couldn't stop. But once I stopped, I was able to quit. Oh, and that, that worked. That's good. Yeah. Thank you, Bear. Yeah, man. We appreciate you. Bear, yeah, I'm glad you came on, dude. You're an inspiration. Well, thank and you, so man. you guys know, Bear is a fucking great dude. He's yeah, active yeah. in the community. He helps yeah. other people. He's self, he gives so much. He's a huge staple in the recovery community here. And that's what happens. You get sober, you have a really rough time, and then your life gets good and you have purpose. You know, you live for something and you make a positive yeah. impact. And I'm grateful. I look up to you, Bear. I appreciate it. I'm, um, I, I had to say, too, that um, I had no intentions of getting sober. I, I came to the, the club because I, I didn't know what else to do. But when I looked up the club that morning of June, June 6th, 2014, it said something about rent. And I was going <laughs> to, I went there to try to get, to see what they were talking about as far as paying rent. Because I needed some help with the rent right there. 
I had no intentions on getting sober. I just wanted to not get in trouble so much, hmm. you know. And now look. And yeah, I I heard. Excuse me, I heard exactly what I needed to hear. And um, I struggled for a year and a half with the drink. I struggled, like wanting to drink. I even got to the point to where I had to like just lose my shit in a meeting one night. And um, it worked. It worked because somebody came to me with the, the, um, the insight that I needed to help me get to the point to where I stopped struggling. Mm. You know? I love that. So keep coming. Give yourself a chance. And um, don't worry about the cliches, you know? Right. Maybe Just, it'll work. Maybe it'll work. Maybe. It will <laughs> work <laughs> if you do the fucking work. You yeah. Know? Give yourself a chance. There it is. Thank you guys for watching, supporting us. Bear, thank you for coming, man. Thank you, bro. Great story. I feel better already, man. Thank you, my brother. All right, mm -hmm. guys. Thank See you, you soon. Yes. Bye -bye.